folks who like to brag about where they came from But when they start that stuff, I let them be But it makes me feel like I want to brag some To know that I come from the state of Tennessee Let's give old Tennessee credit for music As they play it up in Nashville every day Let's give old Tennessee credit for music As they play it in that old hillbilly way Mr. Red Foley came from Kentucky Now Ernie's tub down in Texas, don't you see? But if all you folks out there can remember Mr. Eddie Arnold came from Tennessee Let's give old Tennessee credit for music As they play it up in Nashville every day Let's give old Tennessee credit for music As they play it in that old hillbilly way But if all you folks out there will remember They made their first atomic bomb in Tennessee Let's give old Tennessee credit for music As they play it up in Nashville every day Let's give old Tennessee credit for music As they play it in that old hillbilly way Hello, this is Dennis James. Here is Leo A. Hoig, Director of the Office of Civil and Defense Protection Against Radioactive Fallout. After nuclear attack, radioactive fallout could be a threat to every living thing. Shelter covered by at least three feet of earth. A basement shelter also affords good protection by closing off windows, exterior entrances, and banking exposed walls. In homes without basements, first floor areas with the least exterior exposure, such as a bathroom, utility room, or hallway, should be selected. My own shelter costs $212. It's cheap insurance for the protection of my greatest treasure, my family. preach y'all a sermon about old man Adam, that's me. I don't mean the Adam in the Bible, Adam. I don't mean the Adam that Mother Eve elated. I mean the thing that science liberated. The thing that Einstein says he's scared of. And when Einstein's scared, brother, you'd better be scared. If you're scared of the Adam, here's what you gotta do. You gotta gather all the people in the world with you, cause if you don't get together and do it, well, first thing you know, I'm going to blow this world plumb, too. Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Almagordo, Bikini. Now, life used to be such a simple joy. My cyclotron was just a super toy. And folks got born, they'd work and marry. And Adam was a word in the dictionary. And then it happened. 
The science boys from every climb, they all pitched in with overtime, and before they knew it, the thing was done, and they'd hitched up the power of the Galdern sun and put a harness on old Saul, splitting atoms while the diplomats were splitting hairs. Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Avocado, Bikini. But the atoms here, in spite of hysteria, it flourishes in Utah as well as Siberia. And whether you're a black, white, red, or brown, the question is this when you boil it down. To be or not to be, that's the question. The answer to it all ain't military datum like who gets there firstest with the mostest atoms. No, the people of the world must decide their fate. They gotta get together or disintegrate. I hold this truth to be self-evident that all men may be cremated equal. Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Avocado, Bikini. Yes, it's up to the people cause the atoms don't care. You can't fence me in, I'm just like air. I don't give a hoot about any politics or who got what into whichever fix. All I want to do is sit around and have my nucleus bombarded by neutrons. Now the moral is this, just as plain as day, that old man Adam is here to stay. I'm gonna stick around and that's for true. But ah, my dearly beloved, are you? So listen folks, here is my thesis. Peace in the world, or the world in pieces. Hiroshima, Nagasaki. This is Art Linkletter. In event of atomic bombing or some other catastrophe, here's something important to remember. It will help save lives, including your own. Do not use the telephone. Leave the line open for official rescue and relief. This is your part in civil defense. Remember... Don't use the phone. Leave the line clear for safety of your own life and the lives of others. There was a turtle by the name of Bert, and Bert the turtle was very alert. When danger threatened him, he never got hurt. He knew just what to do. He'd duck and cover, duck and cover. He'd hide his head and tail and four little feet. He'd duck and cover. He hid beneath his little shell until the coast was clear. Then one by one his head and tail and legs would reappear. By acting calm and cool he proved he was a hero too. For finding safety is the bravest, wisest thing to do. And now his little friends are just like Bert, and every turtle is very alert. When danger threatens them, they never get hurt. They know just what to do. They duck and cover, duck and cover. They hide their heads and tails and four little feet. They duck and cover. He hid beneath his little shell until the coast was clear. Then one by one his head and tail and legs would reappear. By acting calm and cool he proved he was a hero too. For finding safety is the bravest, wisest thing to do. And now his little friends are just like Bert, and every turtle is very alert. When danger threatens them, they never get hurt. They know just what to do. They duck and cover, duck and cover. They hide their heads and tails and four little feet. They duck and cover. They duck, 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 duck. And cover. What's with the basket, Mom? Picnic? Nope. This is Grandma's pantry, modern version. Great, Mom. 
Only what's it for? Civil defense. And you're the one who brought the idea home from scout meeting. Here, help me check off the list. Fruit juice? Yup. Powdered milk? Right. Canned meats? Yup. Into civil defense comes Grandma's Pantry, the symbol of preparedness. Unexpected company? Grandma always had plenty for everyone. No matter what unexpected disaster, your family should have a seven-day supply of food on hand, kept well protected in jars or tins, and safe in a shelter area. In an emergency or during evacuation in case of enemy attack, it's too late to plan. You will have to depend on your own resources, on Grandma's pantry. Assure the future. Know the six steps to survival. Make this year your family's year for civil defense. You take the first step. Civil Defense, an American Tradition. Last night I was dreaming I dreamed about the H-bomb Where the bomb went off and I was caught I was the only girl on the ground And as funny as it may be The one and only gal in town was me A thirteen man and me, the only gal in town I there were two men every morning Seeing that I was well fed And believe you me, one sweetened my tea While the other one buttered my bread Two men giving me oil wells Two men are giving me gold And another sweet thing about me I don't have and bring About the 40 carats I have and so Thirteen men and me The only gal in town There were thirteen men and me The only gal around It was something I can't forget Cause I think of those a thirteen gentlemen yet A thirteen man and me, the only gal around mm, Well, there were three guys dancing the mumbo Three guys balling the jack And all the rest really did the best boy Surely was a lively pack and me, the only gal in town. There were thirteen men and me, the only gal around. Though she won't tell you where she's been, cause it was just a dream. I hope I dream again. A thirteen man and me, the only gal around. I were thirteen men. Yeah, I don't know if you remember Ann Margaret, but boy, I, I wish I was one of those 13 men hanging around her. She was so freaking hot, and she used to pal around with Elvis Presley, and uh, uh, she uh, just watch her and Elvis in those movies. Like my friend Dawn Baby said the other day, she said, uh, uh, if you look at the two of them in those movies, you could just tell that they were doing, that, doing each other because of the way they would look at each other, you know? And Margaret, 13 men before that civil defense spot about grandpa's, excuse me, grandma's pantry. Dick Two-Ton Baker, the duck and cover song, Bert the Turtle. That one you may have heard from a movie a while back. There was a movie called Atomic Cafe that came out in the 80s, I believe, that was along the same lines as this box set I'm featuring today. Dick Two-Ton Baker, uh, uh, one of those uh, DJs that used to put out records. Art Linkletter before that. The Sons of the Pioneers, Old Man Adam, Dennis James, and Carl Perkins started it off with a song about Tennessee, which I really don't know why it's on this box set. This is the Reverend Mark Time. I'm here with you until noon today here on KWVA. This show is called The Sunday Morning Hangover. I want to thank you all for coming back to the show. My slot did move from 8 until 10, so I'm just starting to pick up some of the listeners that I lost along the way. We're featuring today... Atomic Platters, 
Cold War music from the golden age of Homeland Security. And I'd just like to say at this point, it's uh, like my friend Reed just called. It, everything was kind of like a joke in the 50s with all this. People would put atomic this. They'd have atomic cafes. They'd have atomic hamburgers. And it, it was part of the culture. And it was a lot of fun. But at the same time, there was this undercurrent of terror and this undercurrent of frightening, of people trying to fright you, frighten you. And, and like my friend Dan just called and talked about that, too. Again, we are living in a Cold War era right now, except it's not the commies, it's the terrorists. And I'm really upset about this. And I think that even though the Democrats are back in power, I really think this year we're brewing for a war with Iran. Not Iraq, but with Iran. They really are gearing up for a war with Iran. I urge you all to call your representatives and talk to them about this, because this thing could go nuclear, and that's what I'm upset about. At this coming Wednesday, the atomic scientists will be moving the atomic clock closer to the magic hour of midnight. It really is frightening. Atom War is back in style, folks, and don't uh, let him let you think otherwise. At about 20 of the hour, I'm playing an uh, excerpt from a record called Complacent Americans. It's a reenactment of what happens when the bomb drops. It's really funny. I found myself laughing out loud at it, but at the same time, it's totally frightening. It's one of these dramatizations coming up in about 20 minutes here on The Hangover. We've got Arthur Big Boy Crudup right here. Civil defense is common sense. This is Fred McMurray. Home shelters can be built for as little as $100. Simple plans for building inexpensive home shelters are available free from your civil defense office. 
Ask for a copy of the Family Fallout Shelter booklet. There were two Russian lovers Walking hand in hand On the banks of a river In a snow-covered land A boy and a girl With starlight in this As he tenderly sighed We meet each night by the silvery light of that dear old-fashioned Russian satellite moon. It shines so bright, turns Americans white at the sight of our dear old Russian satellite moon. Hello, here in England. I sort of my flat. I ran into the cellar and I put on my old ARP hat. Ah. <laughs> Don't be silly! Tomorrow, just dance and jive while we're all still alive by the light of our glorious Russian satellite phone! <laughs> Gentlemen! Oh, look up in the skies! I can't believe my eyes! It's a dear old fashioned Russian satellite phone! What, what, what? Hand me my gun! We're gonna have some fun! Oh, I've missed that naughty Russian catalogue moon. What's this? I'll have to run you in now for a very legal reason. Oh. Shooting at Russian moons when they're out of season. And aside my reply to that, is this rocket-driven hat England's answer to that Russian satellite moon? The President, gentlemen, the President of the Harnet Harn, Harnet Harn. There's a Russian satellite moon over Arkansas, Mr. President. Thank heaven it's not over America. Don't worry, we're all prepared for this. Mr. Presley, let him have it. Now let him hear! I make it clear! Yes, what we intend to do. Oh, after all, what you tell and who? Comrade Elvis, go on, shake your hips while we listen to the blirips of our glorious Russian satellite moon. High pies, Mr. Groy, Mr. High, Mr. you've been listening to Stars for Defense, a transcribed program devoted to the American tradition, civil defense, presented weekly by this station as a public service in cooperation with the Office of Civil and Defense Mobilization. Today, our star was Bing Crosby, to whom we say thanks for his usual outstanding performance. Bing, uh, how about a few parting words? Certainly, Ken, sure thing. I'd just like to add a word or two to the advice uh, given you a few minutes ago by Director Hoig. To be ready for emergency action, make sure that your car is in tip-top mechanical condition. Keep your gas tank at least half full at all times, and see that your tires are in good condition, too. Bye for now. Thanks, Bang, and our thanks, too, to Buddy Cole and the boys. This is Ken Carpenter saying so long and inviting you to listen in next week for another great star and another fine orchestra on Stars for Defense.
man's invention that they call atomic power. Are we all in great confusion? Do we know the time or hour when a terrible explosion may rain down upon our land, leaving horrible destruction, blotting out the works of man? Are you ready, Are you ready for the great atomic power? Will you rise and meet your Savior? This is basic civil defense information from the Department of Defense, Office of Civil Defense, Washington. There's one easy, sensible thing your family should do to prepare for a possible time of emergency. Set aside a few simple, basic supplies you'll need to take to the public fallout shelter. Supplies to help keep you and your family alive and well in event of enemy attack. For instance, any special medicines or diet foods required by members of the family, insulin, heart tablets, baby food, and other infant supplies, blankets, a battery-powered radio, a flashlight, extra batteries. And if the nearest public shelter hasn't been stocked yet with emergency rations and supplies, you'll need to take as much food and water as you can carry. Emergency supplies are needed for a private home shelter, too. Lay in enough food, canned or packaged, and preferably pre-cooked, for two weeks, plus enough drinking water in tightly kept containers or jars to give each person at least a quart a day or more. For help in making up a list of needed supplies, consult your local civil defense office.
program to cooperate in security and civil defense measures as requested by the United States government. This is a Conrad radio alert. Normal broadcasting will now be discontinued for an indefinite period. Civil defense information will be broadcast in most areas at 6:40 and 12:40 on your regular radio receiver. All residents in and around Erie County will receive official Erie County civil defense bulletins on 640 kilocycles on your radio receiver while the residents in and around Niagara County should tune to 1240 kilocycles i repeat normal broadcasting will be discontinued for an indefinite period civil defense information will be broadcast in most areas at 640 and 1240 on your regular radio receiver Here we are on side 2. Now if you happen to be playing the record for the first time and haven't heard side 1, we'd much rather you flip the record over and heard both sides in the right order. Otherwise, carry on. Yeah. 
Know what Colorad means? It stands for Control of Electromagnetic Radiation. Sounds pretty complicated if you're not an electronic engineer, and yet all you have to do is dial your AM radio to 640 or 1240 in the event of an enemy air attack. And thanks to Conrad, you will continue to receive official information. Remember, in times of civil defense emergency, for official news and civil defense instructions, dial Conrad at 640 or 1240 on your AM standard radio. All right, we've been listening to excerpts from a box called Atomic Platters. We heard Chris Surf, My Fallout Philly, Mike Fern, A Bomb Drop, Dr. Strangelove and the Fallouts, Love That Bomb, the Leuven Brothers, Love That Atomic Power, Bing Crosby, The Goons, Peter Sellers and Spike Milligan, A Russian Love Song, Fred McMurray and Arthur Big Boy Crudup. This is the Reverend Mark Time on the Sunday Morning Hangover. I have 18 minutes left, just enough time to play for you. Side one of a CD called The Complacent Americans. Excuse me. This is a reissue of a A-bomb record that came out in the 50s from the Atomic Platters box set. Don't be complacent, folks. We are really talking about the nuclear clock being moved up this Wednesday because of the upcoming threat of war from the president of our United States. Call your congressmen. Call your senators. Tell them you don't want to die in a nuclear war. On April 28, 1961, the President of the United States, John F. Kennedy, in a message to the American public, said in part that common prudence demands that we take all necessary measures to protect our homes, our institutions, and our way of life so that they may survive should an enemy thrust war on us. Mr. Frank B. Ellis, National Director for the Office of Civil and Defense Mobilization, following President Kennedy's message, also made the following comment. Every measure taken now by you and your family, your city and state authorities, and the federal government reduces the likelihood of nuclear war. Peace cannot be taken for granted. Complacent American. 
And I said this city where I died would never fear nuclear attack. After all, this is the USA. I'm going to try and retrace the events that took place to see how my unpreparedness and my lack of readiness caused my death. Maybe others will benefit from this. I remember how good I felt as the jet was landing in Target City. It was exactly one hour before the H-bomb blast. I remember leaving the airport for my office in downtown Target City. And regarding the H-bomb attack, I can't remember any major incident other than a newscaster referring to our continuing Cold War. I noted how typical our activities were as I compared them to the other cities I had visited during my business trip. First, the suburbs and our new housing projects under construction. Then, entering the residential area, everything seemed to be its normal self. Just as I approached the elementary school, I remember the noontime bell ringing. The children rushing, playing games while on their way home for lunch. Those poor children. Entering our new multi-million dollar freeway, first the high-speed traffic. Drivers speeding and hurrying for no other reason than speed itself. Then the accident. The skidding of tires and clash of metal is so vivid in my memory. The traffic slowing up to see what happened. The driver seeing the accident become somber. Not driving fast now. But in a few minutes they have forgotten the accident and again begin to speed. The baseball stadium has been completed, and as I pass, I remember I have tickets for tomorrow night's game. I know now there will be no tomorrow night, because death does not attend a baseball game. The fire at the interchange as I turned off the freeway, the fire and all that fire equipment responding. This was the industrial area. I could see the blaze being put out by the firemen. Nothing serious, but because it was in the industrial area, many fire trucks responded. All this excitement caused by this blaze, I can see is only a grain of sand compared to the horrors of the H-bomb. Downtown was its usually busy self. Throngs of men and women were going to lunch. We at Target City were proud of our new metropolitan look because for the past several years we were uprooting the old landmarks and creating new and modern buildings. All the restaurants and cafeterias were filled to capacity. Many people were waiting their turn in line. The horror to come now makes me shudder because I'm unable to warn anyone. How ironical now that it's too late. There is my clue that I've looked for. I see many civil defense air raid signs all about town. And only because of my complacency, I hadn't noticed them before. Glancing at the time, I see there are only ten seconds before the alert siren will go on. There goes the alert siren. I see the people in the city have nine minutes to take shelter and follow the rules of civil defense. I see my indifference to the siren going off. Actually, I felt like a great many others felt. Irritated. We, of course, didn't know this was not a drill, but real. 
the taking-for-granted Tester was my first mistake. It was then I had spoken out loud, criticizing civil defense. I had said, Now can't those civil defense guys sound that siren some other time? Here it is in the middle of the lunch hour and those guys have to test the equipment now. And then I remembered a civil defense meeting I had promised to attend. And I told Helen, my wife, what a waste of time. Besides, I was going to bowl that night anyway. So I bowled and never did get to learn anything about civil defense. But then I remembered saying, as the siren sounded, wait a minute, this isn't a test day. They usually test near the end of the month. Why, they didn't even announce they were going to test today. I remember seeing a driver in his panic slamming his brakes on and causing a series of accidents. The streets suddenly became packed with cars, trucks, and buses. All those cars just piling up against each other. Just wrecking each other. Hysterical look in people's eyes. Everybody pushing and shoving each other. No one knew what to do or where they were going. I had glanced about me and then I saw a great wail of fright overcoming Target City. I've got to get home. My wife, my children. I suddenly wanted to be with my family. I felt they needed me. They didn't know what to do. But I had to get there to help them. But the noise. The people screaming. Lady, please stop screaming. Terrors of a panic. And I saw the elderly lady fall to the street. And people in their raving and panic use her body as a stepping stone to climb over vehicles. I too became panic. When I saw men and women seized with absolute desperation being trampled to death. The cracking of ribs. Legs being broken and blood-curdling screams added to the agony. Their shrieks were wild and uncanny, creating a scene that only mass assassination could describe. What shall I do? What shall I do? Shall I pray? My God, I guess it's too late for even prayers now. Then the sirens would rise and then fall slowly. Then they would warble like enraged demons. Then it happened. The beginning of our end. A light of such intensity fills the city. And no one could see anything but its exploding brightness. Then the wave of thermal heat follows. The temperature rises to thousands of degrees. Our city was on fire. Clothing catches on fire. The fire knew no exceptions. The beggar's rags. The baby's diapers. The minx of the rich even the robes of the church. Then came the fighter's fist, 
a horrible blast causing all in its path to disintegrate. The new buildings that cost Target City many millions and were so proud of become liquefied. In a matter of seconds, they slide to the earth, gone forever. I remember how the siren was bursting into my brain, how it sounded as it began to stop. The gurgle of a death rattle. But silence did not follow. The awful heat. And I couldn't see. I couldn't stand it. The, the smell. The terrible, rotten smell of burning flesh. I felt so sick. I cried for Helen, the boys. Where were they? And I pleaded, please, somebody help, help me, please. caused my death. I see people alive in the fallout shelters. Had I learned the rules of self-survival as set down by the Office of Civil Defense, I would be alive and in that shelter now. You have only one chance. Never to. How simple it looks. Those who knew what to do and where to go are still amongst the living. I had my opportunity. But I was the complacent American. And I said this city where I died would never fear nuclear attack. After all, this is the USA. USA. 